predicting sales, predicting failure in machines, predicting house pricing, predicting road crashes. Now that's an area that we can use machine learning for. This podcast is brought to you by the team at Esri Australia. To get your hands on more short, sharp and immediately useful resources, head to the Esri Australia website and search for Goldmine. Hi, and welcome along to the GIS Directions podcast. I'm Wayne Lee Archer. I'm Josh Fenman. And today I am very excited. We're coming to you with a very special guest, somebody I've been personally meaning to catch up with for a very long time, and that is the one and the only Omar Maher. He's the Director of Artificial Intelligence at Esri. Thanks for joining us, Omar. Thanks, Wayne, and Josh for hosting me. I'm really excited to be with you guys today. Yeah, so glad to have you here for today's episode, Omar. Uh, Wayne and I are both fascinated about what's happening in the industry around AI and ML. So much uh, buzz around this topic at the moment. It really is, uh, you know, for want of a better word, the next big thing, not just in our industry, but across many industries as well. But it seems to sort of hover around the periphery uh, a little bit in terms of people say, oh, we'll just use some AI to do that, or hey, just use some ML to do that, some machine learning to do that. What is it? What's the, the elevator pitch that you give people, Omar, that introduces what it really is when we're talking about machine learning and AI? That's a great question, Wayne, to start with. Machine learning is simply the idea of learning from data to derive rules and extract patterns instead of being explicitly programmed, which is the classical way of most software today. Now, the opposite of that, the other way of doing this is to let the machine figure it out, right? Let the machine explore the data, find the patterns, sometimes to make predictions, sometimes to automate tasks, sometimes to extract some deep patterns, but we simply let the machine work. Recently, there has been advancement in a specific machine learning technique called deep learning. Yeah. which, as you know, is a specific type of machine learning using a specific technique called deep neural networks. And it's really achieving amazing performance with specific problems. So that's in a nutshell what machine learning is. That's a, that's a great definition, Omar. And despite the fact that we see all this kind of interest and enthusiasm around machine learning, we also see a lot of inertia in organizations in terms of them getting engaged in experimenting or exploring it. What do you think is behind that inertia? So I think of this inertia as two pieces, right? There is the mental inertia and then there is the actual real, let's say, technical inertia, right? Let's start with the latter. So, I mean, obviously, there are huge efforts today to make machine learning easier and approachable and accessible by a lot of people, whether they're technical or not, whether they have PhDs in data science or not, but still, it's still not that easy. You still need to have some level of understanding of how these models work and how these tools work and stuff like that. So that's a bit of a technical inertia. Like a lot of these organizations don't yet have people who understand these concepts, even if they're going to use some ready tools or services, it needs some level of understanding. Now, the other kind of inertia that I'm seeing is more of a mental kind of inertia that they think that they are not able to access it today. They think it's too hard, which is really not, right? I mean, there are a lot of efforts in the open source community, in the commercial community, like Talk Azure, Talk Amazon, Talk Google Cloud, Talk a lot of services that makes it really easier, like trying to democratize machine learning, trying to create those tools and services that use machine learning under the hood, but make it really easy to click some buttons and use services. I've been playing around with machine learning for many, many years, Omar, and uh, you know, I'm known as the super geek or the, the, the real technical guy. So I very quickly and, and very easily see various different tasks and things that can be done with machine learning because that's my nature. 
But talking back to what you were talking about there as the, the technical, the, the mental debt there or the mental um, inertia into getting into this, how do you know when you've got a problem that could be solved by machine learning? It, it seems a little bit um, a little bit voodoo or dark magic still to most people, I think. So how, how do you know how to identify something that machine learning would be a good tool to crack? The things that... Uh, let me start thinking about using machine learning as a solution are one of the three uh, of the below. So the number one thing is automation. Is the room for automating a specific task that is repeatable that could be automated using machine learning or deep learning. Let's take some examples. We work with a lot of organizations, for example, that keep looking at CCTV feeds to try to understand traffic patterns, right? Like mm -hmm. trying to look at these feeds for like crash incidents or uh, traffic congestions. Machine learning could be used in this case to automate this task. Deep learning in specific is becoming very good with computer vision problem. We can train some models to detect vehicles and count those cars and vehicles and try to infer like the velocity and the acceleration and the congestion. And then we can bring this to a nice dashboard so that we don't really need to have like 50 or 100 people looking at screens, but we can automate this with an algorithm and let the analysts focus on the most important things like analyzing these insights. So that's an example for automation. Another thing is making predictions. Obviously, making predictions is a big area in machine learning. So, I mean, there is a class of machine learning algorithms called supervised learning uh, that can help with making predictions in different flavors. So whenever like we're, we have a business problem where it's good to like try to predict like, hey, what is the best area to open a store? So that's a problem that uh, has been solved using classical tools. But now there is room for machine learning because we do have historical performance data. So having the data, having the needed data is one important piece, right? Mm -hmm. So if we want to understand, okay, how do we predict the best area to open a store and we have some historical sales data and we have the location of the existing stores and the competitors and stuff like that, now we can use this to build a model, right? So predicting sales, predicting failure in machines, predicting house pricing, predicting road crashes, all of these are examples for problems that if we can make a prediction and we do have access to some good historical data for that event, that's going to be very important for the business. So the first question I ask at this point is, do we have good historical data? And if that's the answer, now that's an area that we can use machine learning for. I find that really interesting because uh, I don't know if, if it's a global sort of thing, but um, we, we, we seem to have a, a glut of data. So there's not enough data. It seems data is the big thing that you need with machine learning. Do you, do you think that's really a, a valid statement? Is that one of the barriers to entry with machine learning? Absolutely. And honestly, I would even say we need good labeled data, not just data. I mean, because data is everywhere, right? But I mean, as you can see, like, I would say that the recent hype about AI and the recent advancement uh, or the mo most of the value so far, it thanks to supervised learning. I mean, there are different types of machine learning. There are sometimes about finding patterns and extracting insights, very important, called unsupervised learning. And these don't really need labeled data. You can give it any kind of data, generally speaking, obviously, right? And it can help you find the patterns and find the natural groupings in the data. We call these clusters, right? But then if you want to make predictions, as the example that I just mentioned, you need labeled data. And labeled here uh, refers to the kind of thing you want to predict. That's, the, that's how you teach the machine. So if you want to predict sales, you need to have historical sales data. If you want to find cars in CCTV video feeds, you need to have examples for images for these cars. Same thing for building footprints, same thing for road segments. Hey, Omar, just to follow on that, that thread, with your global perspective on this, do you think the paucity of data that Wayne described, do you see it as a regional thing? Is it better in some countries than others? 
Unfortunately, yes. And I'm saying unfortunately because I've tried to do some of this work that I've just mentioned in some countries. And the main challenge was that we don't have really have access to good quality data. Yeah, we, we were just uh, nodding. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <Virtual> <laughs> so I, uh, I mean, in some of the, in some countries, I was trying to help retailers make predictions about areas to market for specific products, like where to launch marketing campaigns. And to do this, you need some good data for demographics and population and income levels and stuff like that. In some countries, this is accessible. In some others, this is not. I mean, let me give you another example. Sometimes I try to work with the Department of Transportation to make predictions for where, where are the parts of the road segments that are highly likely to have a crash incident in the next hour, for example. So you can use this in different applications. They can, for example, optimize the allocation of highway patrols to reach faster uh, or ambulance, for example, to reach faster to these areas. They can do some actions to eliminate or reduce the amount of accidents, etc. Now, if they don't have historical crash data and good historical weather data at this point, that's going to be hard because if you think about it, weather is a very relevant factor to make predictions for crash. And if you don't have any of these, it's going to be hard. And just kind of taking another spin on that uh, question about do you have a problem that can be readily solved with machine learning techniques? Is there, I don't know, let's call it a, a sweet spot or the perfect storm. Is there an is there a sector, industry sector, that is kind of rich pickings and low-hanging fruit for these kinds of problem approaches? Yes, in terms of that, immediately once you ask this question, I mean, there are some industries that come on top of my mind, like transportation, for example. I mean, if you think about it, transportation is a very kind of data-intensive space where you have data coming from sensors, from vehicles, from GPS telematics, weather data. Things are happening in space, right? So we capture this data. There are CCTVs, right? So this is an example for a sector that we do a lot of work in today, either to find patterns from CCTVs or predict crash risks per segment or uh, extract street assets like road signs and extracting the text on these signs and asset inspection for all the road signs and stuff like that and pre- and detecting road cracks for example so that's a that's an excellent industry for for ai i mean if you talk retail and banking for example these are generally from the top industries adopting ai machine learning long ago not just recently right i mean they have data about their customers about purchases sales demographics you know they're trying to use machine learning for a lot of things like price optimization cross and upselling personalized recommendations i mean amazon almost makes 33 percent of its revenues from machine learning based recommendation engines all of these recommendations that pops up whenever you visit amazon or in your app or in the newsletter use machine learning machine learning is a horizontal capability that can solve specific kind of problems and these problems are available everywhere I know that's a long answer, but that's what I'm saying today. I think it's a very, very good answer. Uh, I mean, I think what I'm hearing there is it's a, a capability that can extend across industries, but those industries that have got high yield data or high yield or high volume data loads uh, that can be labeled are probably those ones that would be the low hanging fruit for uh, for machine learning and, and artificial intelligence modeling. Exactly. And if, and if I can add something, machine learning is not just solving existing problems with better tools or better ways. It's really bringing new value to the table. I mean, we've been working with one retailer, for example, who wanted to understand the amount of drive-offs and their drive-throughs 
Mm-hmm. It's a famous food uh, organization providing fast food and stuff like that, right? And they're very busy to the extent that they have a lot of cars, a lot of vehicles coming in the drive-through, and then sometimes, a lot of times actually, the line is so long, so they lose customers. I mean, a customer suddenly decides to leave the line, leave the queue, right, and drive off. So they wanted an innovative way to do this. Now the way they did it is that they flew drones above the restaurants, collecting video feeds, and then oh, we wow. use deep learning to detect, not only detect these vehicles, but track the path of these vehicles. And detect the drive-offs. Exactly. Wow, that's awesome. That's very cool. <laughs> exactly. I mean, and we're seeing this in different industries. They are thinking of new ways to solve the problem, and hence, everyone is excited about trying this out. Wow, that's, um, that's a really, really good uh, response. Uh, that gives us a bit of a view as to the variety of different uh, industries that are using this technology. So for today, I think we're going to have to sort of think about wrapping it up. It's been a great session, a little less technical than I would like. So in the next session, I think we're going to crack open the, the technical hat and maybe get deep down in some of those practical tips that our users can uh, take home and actually maybe get into doing some machine learning themselves uh, using ArcGIS Pro and the ArcGIS tools. Yeah, Omar, next episode, if you're happy to come back, we'd uh, love to get from you your thoughts on a roadmap for users who want to get into this, what a practical way of uh, beginning that journey looks like. Absolutely. Let's do it. Fantastic. Well, we'll catch you next time, Omar. Thank you. There you have it, folks. Uh, We'll be back for part two. To get your machine learning fix in the meantime, we've added all of the resources we've spoken about today to our website. That's gisdirectionspodcast.com.au, including how to get started with machine learning with ArcGIS Pro and a few of Omar's recent cool blogs. Also, a really useful ebook that talks about different applications for artificial intelligence across various industries. Again, thanks for joining us. Happy mapping. Until next time. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the hosts and guests and do not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Esri Australia. 